men, I'm going to talk to you about how we are men of God, how we are men. This actually stacks on last week's message. So if you enjoyed last week's message, I think you'll really enjoy today's message because it's just a follow-up to last week's. Though we're going to be talking about one of the differences of people who walk in Jesus Christ, people who walk according to the Lord, people who walk according to the measure of Christ, because that's that's our destination. I mean, that's our goal. Our goal in life is to reach a particular destination, and that destination would be with our Lord. And I hope that that's your goal in life. And, and I'm going to tell you today, it's it's not, you don't get there through good intentions. Most of us try to intention it up. Well, I've got good intentions. I know in my heart what's right. I know what's wrong, but sometimes I still choose wrong. Let me tell you how to become wise. The scripture says you become wise by walking with wise men. This is why we're called together. We're called together to walk together, to walk this out, to learn from one another. And what will really make you wise is learn how to apply what's taught. And even though I teach, you know, that, that's what they say. People, people teach why? Because they can't do. That's not true with me, okay? Uh, I'm just preacher. I'm just, I'm called to do this, right? But this is what the Lord has really impressed upon my heart because I know my mother raised me uh, believing this, that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's Now, anybody that's over 50 has heard that at some point in time in their life because their parents said it all the time. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Curtis, I know you have good intentions, but listen, that, that'll take you straight to hell. That You don't want to hear that. It's funny because yesterday I was sitting with Miles and uh, we were talking about marriage and the problem that we see in marriage today and, and what we're seeing throughout the churches and those types of things. And, and I said, Miles, you realize what every man says when they get married? And he said, what's that? He said, they, they're actually saying a prayer that they would rather die before they would cheat. And he said, what? And I said, yeah, yeah, you say a prayer. Because uh, when, when we have them do the vows... For better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, and forsaking all others, this is my solemn vow to you. Till death do us part. So what did you just say? I'm going to keep my vows until death. So we ought to pray that God would take us out before we would ever cheat. Because you already said it. That's tough, isn't it? And he's like, I've never heard that said before. I said, I don't think, I don't know that I've said it before. I, I, I really have. But, uh, um, I'll be going down there to do a teaching on on marriage. Matter of fact, today's our 25th anniversary, believe it or not, man. So 25, got married when I was 14. Don't do that. I was way too young. <laughs> Bill would say she was 14. <laughs> Come on, candy man, talk to me. Uh, so as we jump in, as we jump in here, uh, I want to talk about about being wise, because uh, uh, it's a stressful thing. One of the things I told Miles when he came in this weekend, I said, Miles, I want you to look at our church, and I want you to look for gaps. Any gaps you see, I want you to tell me. Anytime you don't feel life in the church, I want you to tell me where you don't feel life. And when you have questions about our missions, question, questions about our finances, questions, I want you to ask those questions. When you see something in me that shouldn't be in me, I want you to tell me. And, and we had, uh, we knew we were going to have Monday morning to go through this list. And man, don't do that. Okay. You don't want to hear your list. Anyway, but he was very frank. He was very straightforward yesterday morning, and, and it, uh, it really made an appeal to me to teach this message. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs is written by Samuel. It's one of the things that, that I'm, I'm sorry, by Solomon. And one of the things that Solomon said was uh, he asked when he became king 
for the gift of wisdom. So he's a very wise, wise man. And he penned these words. And I'm just going to read through. You don't have to write every one of these down. We're going to stop and, and, and we'll slow down here in just a minute. I do need to, to speed up just a little. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So he talks about two types of people here. He talks about those who are wise and those who are fools. And you're going to see that all the way through. Proverbs 13, 20. Whoever walks with a wise becomes wise. Very important. He says, whoever walks with a wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 28, 26. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. <laughs> so sometime. Anyway, let's keep going. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Who? that's a hard one to recognize. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice, listens to the word of wisdom. Ecclesiastes 10, 2, just changing gears. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart inclines him to the left. We've got election coming up. There's a good scripture for you right there. All right. And then finally, Proverbs 15:31, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof. That means life-giving correction. The ear that is willing to listen to life-giving correction will dwell among the wise. Man, those are powerful scriptures. And by the way, that's just a handful out of Proverbs. There's, there's other scriptures on wisdom. But here's, here's the truth. We want to be men who are wise, men who walk in wisdom. That means we need to find people who are wiser than us, people who are smarter than us, people who can lead us into deeper waters with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's amazing to me that when we do king, kingdom families and everything that Miles unpacks in kingdom families, if we truly believed the biblical teaching on how to raise children, we wouldn't worry about our children if we raised them in that way. I'm just telling you, and it's a different way from other churches. I've never heard it preached. I've never heard it taught in the way that he teaches. And I have gone through tons of curriculum. I've got curriculum in my office. I'll be glad to give it to you. And it's so basic. And, and, and there's a depth that goes so far beyond what we're even willing to teach men. You know, years ago, years ago I call this the, the worst day in my life. Now, I'm not saying today my anniversary is the worst day of my life. I just want to give you the worst day of my life. Allison was with me on the worst day of my life. It was prior to having kids. My grandmother had passed away. I was going down to a place known as Bogota, Texas. Any of you ever heard of Bogota? B-A-G-A-T-A -A -A is how you spell it. They just don't know how to pronounce it. Headed to Bogota. Uh, pulled out. Uh, uh, I wound up in Decatur. I missed a turn in Wichita Falls. I wind up in Decatur, Texas, and, and uh, I'm talking about the funerals that day, and I'm preaching it, and it's my own grandmother. So I told Allison at that time she had bought, she was school teaching in Demet, and she had bought a, a new Nissan Maxima. And I said, we're about to maximize this car's potential. And so we did, running uh, 110, 115, I'm talking about, and just swinging around. People don't do this. I, this is not wise. Have a wife over there saying, slow down. I'm like, it's my grandmother's funeral, babe. She said, I don't want it to be our funeral, but we kept going. We're still married today. Anyway. Here's the truth. I get there, and I'm six miles outside of Bogota, and sure enough, I get pulled over for going six miles over the speed limit. And I told the guy, if you would have caught me just 20 miles ago, I'm talking about, dude, you could have really written me a ticket. He didn't think it was funny. 
Anyway, he goes back and sits in the car. Now, my grandmother's funeral, I'm talking, it's 10 minutes away. And I am boiling. He sits in his car for those 10 minutes. And I am. And, and he can't be more than 23, 24 years old. I don't know how old he is. So the man comes up to the window and he says, sir, uh, I'm going to give you a ticket. And I said, did you hear me? I'm going to my grandmother's funeral. She's right up the street. I'm talking about she's right here in Bogota. I'm just trying to get there to do the funeral. And he said, uh, he said, no, sir. He said, I'm going to write you a ticket. And so he starts writing a ticket and everything. And I happened to say some things I shouldn't have. I said, don't you have to be 21 to be a law enforcement officer? I wouldn't recommend saying that. <laughs> but I want you to know the reason why I was late was not the officer's fault. The reason why I was late is because I didn't pay attention. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Intention, not direction. I say this a lot, determines your destination. Direction, I'm sorry, direction, not attention, determines your destination. That's the way it's going to be. And so sometimes we make a wrong turn in life, and that's okay. It can be corrected if you're wise. Now don't be foolish in the moment. Just understand correction for the time in order to move back over and become wise. So if I were to ask you the direction you're currently traveling, what's it look like relationally when you look down the road? The direction you're currently traveling, men, what's it look like when you look down the road financially? The direction you're currently traveling, men, what's it look like spiritually? What's it look like physically? What's it look like academically? What's it look like in your family? What's it look like in your children? See, here's the truth. What we're looking for is this automatic fix. Boom, an automatic prayer. Man, if somebody just pray for me, I'd just turn around tomorrow. Well, you know, it's amazing. God has created this thing called life, and life deals with steps. And we either take a step in the right direction or we take a step in the wrong direction, which will lead to another step, possibly in the right direction or in the, long, or in the wrong direction. And here's the truth. The truth is eventually those steps are going to wind up at a destination. We don't have an easy fix. There's not a Wizard of Oz at the end of the hallway that we're going to show up one day and we're going to say, hey, if only you would give me a brain. If only you'd give me some courage. If only you'd give me a heart. God gave you what you need. It's up to you to figure out which step you're going to take. How absurd would it be for someone who's lost, miles away from their desired destination, to say, hmm, I think now I need a solution. Or just ask you to fix their problem. You know, uh, I don't know, some of you, you've heard me say this because I've, I've counseled you. And, and you get angry with me because I have to miss an appointment the following week because I've got something else that's come up or something like this. And, and, and what, what, have I, what have I said? Many times I said, look, I didn't create the problem that you're going through, and I'm not going to fix it. All I'm trying to do is get you to turn and focus, to the, focus on the one who will have you take the steps to get you to your desired destination. See, I don't need someone to fix my problem. I already know that answer. Here's the answer. I'm lost. I'm just lost. What I need are the directions to where I want to wind up. And we have those in the Bible. We have them in Scripture. Two things, men, that generally need to happen for us to change our direction. First of all, we must be patient. Most of us today don't have the patience to change our direction. It takes too long. I'm too far down this road. I'm too old. I can't be a new creation at 40 years old, at 50 years old, at, at 25 years old. I'm just too far down the road. Look, it's okay to take some time. It takes time. 
And then the other thing that when you're thinking on these things is to understand that I do need to take a step in the right direction and quit taking steps in the wrong direction. We, see, we tend to oftentimes look down the road at the destination and, and we're so far down the road at the wrong destination, we think, man, it's going to take too, too long to come across here. Well, what we first need to do is just take that first step. I mean, draw near to me is what the Lord says, and he will draw near or draw near to him, and he will draw near to us is what the scripture says. So take that right step. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. It is. See, intentions simply mean I want to change. I just don't know that I will change. Intentions say I didn't mean to do that, but I did it. Intentions say, I want a good marriage, but I'm not willing to work on the marriage. I want to raise godly children, but I'm not willing to do what it takes to raise those godly children. I want to spend my later years sowing into my family and their families. I want financial freedom when I get older, and the list goes on and on and on. But it's not a quick fix. We're not fixing a lawnmower here. We're not fixing a boat. We're not fixing a trailer. I'm telling you, it takes time. And the first thing you do is you change your direction. And your direction eventually is going to determine your destination. In Proverbs 27, 12, I go to this scripture a lot. It's probably one of my favorite scriptures in life. It says, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. This week, I was over at Bill and Jared's, and Jared pulled out some old, old pictures of Bill and I. You don't want to see them. We're stuck in the mud with our four wheelers. We bought new four wheelers, never forget. And we're, we're, this is prior to having kids. We're way back. And we're stuck in the mud, and it's hilarious. We were laughing at those old pictures. But what happened? We saw danger. We didn't care. Let's just suck it up, right? <laughs> and get stuck. So that's what we did. But let me tell you something. The prudent in life, in reality, see danger, and they take refuge. Refuge. But the simple keep going. As a matter of fact, some of your translations translate it this way. But fools keep going, and they suffer for it. Two kinds of people see the same thing here. The wise and the, and the simple. This, they both see the same things, but they both determine a different direction. In the book of Proverbs, that's really what it's all about. It's about the wise or the naive, the prudent or the naive, the prudent and the, or the wise and the fools. And I like to use wisdom and fools. They're both traveling down the same path, both see danger, react very differently. What do you see in your future? What steps are you taking for the right destination? The prudent or wise, they'll find refuge. They'll seek refuge now. The simple or naive, they find suffering. The simple, uh, they live as though their life is disconnected. There's a disconnect between today's choices and tomorrow's experiences. You know, today's ultimately going to impact your tomorrow. And will it impact your tomorrow for the good or will it impact your tomorrow for the bad? What can we do? Uh, uh, Brett brought something up this week that we used to say all the time. If I win my morning, I'll win my day. Y'all remember that statement, that saying? If I win my morning with the Lord, I'm probably going to win my day with the Lord. And it's probably going to affect my tomorrow. And it's definitely going to affect my destination. When the simple see danger, they just keep going. When the simple don't take evasive action and keep going, they're bound to wreck. Pretty much everyone at some point in their lives and some all of their lives. Every time you eat something that you regret. You know, I did that this weekend. And man, I didn't sleep good all weekend. Because I kept doing it. 
Every time that you lie to your spouse, every time that you drink too much, every time you talk yourself out of exercising. I went to the doctor yesterday afternoon. I had a follow-up appointment yesterday afternoon. It was real funny. She asked me, and she's a personal friend of mine. She said, uh, Curtis, your blood pressure is down a little bit. I said, yes. She said, did you start working out? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, how often? I said, once a month. I said, imagine what it'll look like when I move that to twice a month. She didn't think I was funny, but I did. But every time you talk yourself out of exercising, every time you spend money on thing, money that you don't have, on things that you don't need, you know, the list can go on and on and on, man. In the book of Proverbs, the term prudent, like I said, is interchangeable with wisdom. So a prudent person or a wise person, the implication here is that a prudent man understands that today is connected tomorrow, that all of life is connected. Your relationships that you choose to keep are connected. He is aware of the cause and effect relationship between what he chooses today and what he will experience tomorrow. What he chooses in one season of his life and what he experiences in a future season of his life, they're all connected. Those things are connected. You know, um, I, I, I like to, uh, I want to talk about principles here in just a moment, but Miles brought up something in Kingdom Families that I've not heard him uh, say before, and I've been through it many, many times. One of the things he talked about is he said, you know, what they have discovered, if you've ever been to a junior high track meet, you've seen these kids and they take off running in their lanes, and because they're so uncoordinated, because they've never run in their lanes before, they're in everybody's lanes. And it just crossing, and it's funny because I was thinking about my own kids running the, in their first um, track meets. And I remember Bethany, I was yelling for her from in the stands, and Bethany was pretty fast, and she was running the 100 meter. And I was up there in the stands, I was, go, Bethany, go. Well, she hears me yelling, and she turns and looks up in the stands, and she's just drifting through the lanes and waving at, at me. And I'm like, no, run, girl, win the race. What are you doing? But they say, Miles said, that by the time uh, they're running collegiate, and these, these uh, young people become collegiate athletes, that they don't even need the lanes, the markers in the lanes anymore. That you can take those out and they can be in lane three, lane four, and lane five, and they'll run completely as straight as, as an arrow to the finish line. And he said, here's, here's the truth, that when we help them in their lanes, in the beginning, and we keep them going in their lanes, that eventually they don't need those lanes anymore. Do we believe that? Do we trust God? It's the same thing with us, that when we take a step in the right direction and we keep moving in that direction, the further we go, the, fur the more that we know. And it's Him that we know, and He is our finish line. And because of that, we finish the race and we hear the words of the Apostle Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have run the race. I have finished the race that God's drawn up for me. So there is this cause and effect nature of principles. It, it, it really creates potential for um, really probable incomes, predictable income or outcomes. And what I would say in that is simply this, that, that the more you understand Jesus and his call on your life, the more predictable life becomes. Now, it's not to say that, that the Apostle Paul knew exactly when he was going to die. He didn't, but he had, he had a predictable outcome. 
Peter had a predictable outcome. You look at the apostles as they followed Christ, they had predictable outcomes in their life. Now, it's not that all of us would suffer harm in that way, but what it is is that all of us would finish the race that God has called us to. And, and it's somewhat predictable in this way, the cause and effect nature of principles. Principles are what enable us to plan with some form an element of confidence in front of us. It would not be smart to ignore the principle of gravity. I've done it many times. It's just not smart. In the same way, it would not be smart to ignore the principle of our path. And that's what the author of Proverbs is saying here. This is what King Solomon's trying to say. He's saying, hey, look, you can somewhat predict if you walk with a wise, what are you going to become? Wise. If you walk with fools, who are you going to become? A fool. I mean, it's just what you can somewhat predict that. So, so life can be somewhat predictable depending upon the choices that we make. And this is why we say the most spiritual thing you do today are the choices you make. The step, the direction that you choose to take. Because many times we get in a place where we can't pray our way out. We can't talk our way out. We can't repent our way out or that's how we feel anyway, because we continue in that same direction. And what God is calling us to do is to repent, to change our mind, to change our direction, and to focus, to take that step towards Him. God designed the world to work this way. We call it oftentimes the principle of the path, men. And all, like all principles, it's simply universal. The principle of the path is simply this. It's not a respecter of men. All of us can do it. Every one of us. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, young or old, famous or unknown. No one is immune to this principle. In some ways, it levels the playing field for all of us, men. Uh, you, have you ever had your kids read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Read that one. Right? It, it, the truth is we try to set people and, and set up our kids for success. We try to put them on this path. Because here's what we know, that this principle of the path, the, the direction they take, ultimately is, is going to affect not only their generation, but the next generation to come. Prudent people look down the road as far as possible when making decisions, men. Have you ever had a two-year, you know, my kids turn in goals to me every year. I want three to five goals on the first of the year. They write them on three-by-five cards, and I pray over them. And they, they give me a, a goal for the year, three to five goals for the year, and then a, a three-year goal and a five-year goal. And, and I've done it since they were little bitty, and some of their goals is just simple little things. You know, I want a go-kart. Okay. I may not pray for the go-kart, but, you know, and, and you do this, why? Because you're trying to teach them, look down the road, because you need to know that today, today is connected to your tomorrow. It's important. So what do I do? I'm glad you asked. The prudent or wise know that today and tomorrow are connected. So the writer of Proverbs states, he implies that they stay on the lookout. The prudent stay on the lookout for signs of trouble up ahead. Wise people draw on their own experience and the experience of others. In other words, wise people walk with wise people. They anticipate the future. They choose accordingly. So we've all heard that experience is the best teacher. Well, maybe so. Here's the truth. About the only thing most of us learn from experience is what to expect when we repeat the bad decisions next time. That's usually what we learn, right? If I jump off that, it hurts, but I'm going to try it again. Maybe I'll land a little better next time. 
We have all said, I'll never do that again. But what have we done? We kept going, right? Understand that a wise person and a fool both see the same thing, but they both do different things from what they see. The primary difference, the prudent and the simple, is not necessarily what they see, but how they respond to what they see. The prudent see danger, they take refuge. The simple see danger, they keep going. The prudent see danger and change their course. They act on what they see. The simple or the fools simply do not change. The prudent act as if, uh, as if then is now or in the words, or in other words, as if the future is present. The simple respond as though tomorrow will always be tomorrow. The prudent respond. And when the prudent identify behaviors turning into bad habits, they do something while they can, but the simple keep going. When the prudent see a relationship moving in an unhealthy direction, listen, men, they do something about it. The simple keep going. When the prudent see trouble on their financial horizon, they do something, but the simple will keep spending. So it concludes this way, that the simple keep going and suffer for it. They suffer for what? For being oblivious to the obvious. Now, I'm not worried about it. Eat, drink, tomorrow will wait. But the simple suffer for refusing to act on what they see. They suffer because they live as the, they live life as if there's no connection between the choices of today and their experiences of tomorrow. Men, we're called to be wise men. It's the wise men that showed up at the nativity. They understood that there's, this is our destination. This is who we're going to. These are the men I travel with. They're wise men, and these are the men that will get me to my desired destination, which is Jesus. So where do you see yourself today, men? What areas of life do you see danger? We need to talk about those things. Habits, spending, drinking, relationships, compromises. I'm going to tell you, it's not easy to have a man like Miles Sweeney to come in. It's, it's not easy. Uh, Matt was talking to me Saturday afternoon. He's like, dude, I don't envy you. I bet he's got 10,000 questions. And I was like, well, sometimes he has 10,000 statements. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, you are looking to hear sometimes what you don't want to hear. But how do we change that? What does that look like? We pray over those things. John Maxwell said, a man must be big enough to admit his mistakes, smart enough to profit from them, and strong enough to correct them. And that happens through taking steps in the right direction. Because remember, direction, not intention, will determine your destination.